So we're in um, getting really close to Easter, aren't we? We're almost there. We're almost all the way to Easter. We're one week out from Easter. How many people have had some hot cross buns yet? There's a couple. There's a couple of people. You know, how many people started eating hot cross buns from you know um, end of uh, January because they were out in the shops then? There's been a long journey for those that are hot cross bun aficionados in all of this. But you know, we've been journeying to the cross with stories about Jesus as he interacts with people. And we have been looking at particular stories with fresh eyes, opening our eyes to see them in different lights, to actually understand that when Jesus encounters us, he helps us move beyond our fears and changes our perspectives. And that's what we want us to do today. We want to change our perspectives to look differently at things, but to move beyond our fears. Because, you know, Jesus didn't, come so that we might be timid, didn't come so that we might be afraid of things, didn't come so that we would cower from that Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full in abundance, as it says in John's Gospel. So today, as we are um, one week away from Easter, we are going to be exploring what is our traditional reading that would be put on for this time, which is um, the Palm Sunday reading of Jesus entering into Jerusalem, but we're going to be exploring it as how we overcome the fear of being misunderstood. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever been misunderstood? Yes, <laughs> there's a few times. A few of us should say yes um, almost always. Um, but, yeah, at times we don't, but often we are misunderstood. You know, you, you've said something to somebody and, and they take it the wrong way. What you said, they interpreted completely differently and there was a complete misunderstanding. Or maybe you had this happen. You, you've said a joke um, and the other person didn't understand the joke and took offence. Has anybody ever done that? You know, made a joke and somebody's gone, oh, no, that's not right and completely missed it. Or maybe you've done something. And the other person completely misunderstands you, you know. They, they, they may have actually taken your simple act of being nice and put it into a completely different gesture that they felt in, and interpreted completely differently. See, misunderstandings happen all the time. Misunderstandings happen for a variety of reasons. Um, our communication styles, the way we communicate, you know, whether it's speaking clearly, as in verbally making uh, words clear uh, or writing in clear ways that we do that. We have lots of different communications. Or maybe um, you might even have a communication styles where I'm wanting to be really happy but I'm looking really, really defensive and people are reading something completely differently. We have misunderstandings when there's a miscongruence between what people are perceiving between you and what you are saying. Uh, you know, in terms of vocal speaking kind of things and, and written communications. Sometimes we get mixed up when we, when we communicate explicitly versus implicit in communication. Just to break this down for you, an implicit communication is, is basically when you're saying something that you want somebody to read between the lines. And what happens is when you have that kind of communication where you've got to read between the lines in order to understand it. So, Often that happens when you've got assumed knowledge 
because what happens is you're assuming that person is already to a particular level and understanding what is going on. And, and, and when you've got that and people are reading between the lines, it's really easy for them to read something completely different to what you actually had in first envisaged. Explicit communication is all about telling the person exactly what you need or want or think. So it's about clear, explicit communications. Um, misunderstandings also happen for a, a huge number of other reasons. And we could go into all sorts of things, but let me just share a couple with you. You know, when there's a bias that either person has, and everybody has biases, you know, we, we, we lean heavily on one thing or over another thing, we, we think a particular way, we might have a theological standpoint, we might have a social justice point of view, you know, uh, we vote differently in political parties. We've got elections coming up soon, haven't we? Um, but, you know, we have bias in our communications and we have bias when we listen as well. And we often have them at the same time in our communication and in our listening. It's fine when biases are actually going in the same direction. You know, you're communicating in the same way because basically you're, you're understanding each other. But when they go in different directions, that's when what happens? Misunderstanding happens because the bias goes differently. Um, there's also, you know, misunderstandings when we make assumptions that people already understand what you're doing. And misunderstandings um, when the intent of our action actually doesn't measure up to what we deliver. Misunderstandings happen when people have an agenda, but that agenda is not shared by other people. So you can see how what's happening is when, when you've got an agenda and you're communicating or wanting something to happen, you're all pushing for this, but if people don't share it, why, if you're doing something to make something happen, people will read it differently if they don't share that agenda with you. So misunderstandings happen. Issues arise for us um, when we've done something and, and said, or said something and it's misunderstood, you know. It happens on a regular basis, especially um, nowadays. And, and, and the thing is, I think we've become fearful of communicating for the fact that we may be misunderstood. We've, we've become fearful of, of doing things, of moving and doing something for, for the simple fact that what we might do may be misunderstood. There's a, there's a hesitancy for a lot of people. And this is only heightened at the moment um, within, our, within our society and, and especially in recent years um, with what I'll call keyboard warriors. Because what happens is when keyboard warriors take offence, they can generate this whole wealth of the world pushing for their agenda. And so people get afraid that speak up, say something or do something for the fact that it may be misunderstood. Let me ask you, have you ever been afraid of actually speaking out for the fear of being misunderstood? Let me tell you this. Jesus was misunderstood. Let me put it there. He didn't actually hold back from communicating uh, God's, about God's kingdom, even though people misunderstood him. 
He didn't hold back from demonstrating a love to the world, even though people misunderstood him. So as we, as we delve into the, the Bible today, within one of the key pivotal stories of Jesus coming up to the cross, the time of his crucifixion and resurrection, we're going to be exploring um, this from Luke's Gospel, and it's going to be from Luke 19, verse 28 to 40. We'll put it on the screen for you, and I'll just read it in just a moment so we've got, got it really clear for us. See, this, this story is of Jesus um, one week out from Easter and each year just before one week before Easter, we traditionally read the Palm Sunday readings. Palm Sunday because it, it, it reminds us of Jesus coming into Jerusalem and the crowd cut down the palm branches and put them on the road as he was coming in. Traditionally also, and if, you, if you're reading the Bible, you also see often they'll have entries above uh, the scripture passages and, and it'll also be called tri the triumphal entry. Um, and that, that's already giving some interpretation around the, the reading as well as what it all means. But let me just give you a little bit of a hint. You know, all, all those little headings in the Bible that, above passages, they actually don't exist in the original, the original scripture, the original versions of the Bible because... That's there to help us break it down into little segments so we can understand it. It actually just flows. So we, we just need to keep that in mind. So it's, when we read those headings, that's already an interpretation. That's already pushing us to an understanding. Sometimes what we need to do is take those headings out and actually read the words again and let God speak into our lives again just so we hear it. So what I want us to do is I want us to look at a new perspective. And as we look at this passage, we could, we could look at it from the perspective of the disciples that went out and, and got, the, got the colt and untied it and hearing all the crowds, we could look at it that way. We could look at it at the, you know, the owner of the donkey at the, you know, or the colt, depends on which version you're using, it's colt here, but, you know, we, we could um, look at the owner and how he trusted what was going on and that somebody would take his animal, use it, but return it. We might explore around how the crowds gave praise and the anticipation of the crowd and what they were looking for. But what I want us to do is look at the passage through the lens, like I asked last week, to look through the lens of misunderstandings. I want us to reread this passage with that lens, that filter for us to understand that there are misunderstandings here and how we move beyond them, how we overcome that, what happens in there. So let's go to the Bible. Let's just read this again. So it's from Luke 19, verses 28 through to 40. So let me just read it for you. After telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks why you're untying that colt, just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said, and sure enough, as they were untying it, the owner asked him, why are you untying that colt? 
And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of them. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all of the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in heaven in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they keep quiet, the stones among the road would shout into cheers. Putting on those lenses of looking at this under misunderstandings. See, the crowd, they misunderstood Jesus and his purpose in this. They got swept up. The disciples actually misunderstood Jesus' purpose as well. They did what Jesus asked them. And, you know, being a disciple is is someone that that sits and listens to, to Jesus, follows in Jesus' ways, does as Jesus does, and they were being directed, but they still misunderstood the purpose. And let, let, let me explore it for you today. The disciples and the crowd, they, they actually didn't understand that Jesus, as he's travelling into Jerusalem on his journey to the cross, it, it, it is a road that takes him to the cross to get to that true final destination. It's not the entry into Jerusalem but it's the cross that is the destination. It is the reconciliation of all creation because of what Jesus has done. And Jesus is actually journeying towards that. So they they didn't understand, they didn't realise, as many people don't realise today and fail to understand that, that the cross is integral in the journey of Christ. The disciples didn't understand it yet. So the understanding comes a little bit later. The crowd didn't understand it. The crowd wanted something else. So they thought, the crowd thought that the Messiah, the coming, the coming one of God, that God's kingdom would come through the way of a conquering king, of somebody riding in in triumph. That's why we have the triumphal entry coming in and taking over whole lot of expectation but a misunderstanding of what Jesus was on about. He's heading to the cross. People are looking for somebody to take over the government. Misunderstanding. Jesus actually told his disciples earlier on in Luke's gospel, and I'll just share it with you in just a second, that that they actually didn't understand didn't understand his purpose, didn't understand where he was going, didn't understand the journey that he was taking to the cross and resurrection. So in in, in Luke's gospel, in in chapter 9, verse 22, it says this. Let's put it on the screen. The son of man, so he's talking about himself, the son of man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, and he will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised to the dead. So within that passage, you know, he's telling the disciples what his purpose is. Yet they're, they're getting, they're taking that and not understanding that clearly, even though he's saying it, 
He's, they're still thinking that he's going to take over Jerusalem. They're still thinking that he's leading to do something wonderful in terms of change of government, of overthrowing the invading army, which is the Romans in this. A bit later on in, in that same chapter, in verse 44, it says, and he replied, and he replied to me, there you go. No, no, we need to go. Oh, we got it in the wrong order. Listen to me, he said, and remember what I said. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. So he's telling them exactly what is going to happen. But they still didn't get it. They still misunderstood Jesus' journey towards the cross, towards Jerusalem. They saw him as a king moving into residency to take up control. They had preconceived notions of, of what the Messiah was about. They couldn't grasp that the Messiah's journey actually culminates on the cross and in the empty tomb and that Jesus is journeying there. Not only did the crowd and the disciples misunderstand the purpose that Jesus was coming in, and this, this moment of, of actually lifting him up as God's chosen one and, and, and showing that he is God's chosen one, but they, they kind of missed the depth of it and they, they misunderstood that purpose for the same fact that the Pharisees misunderstood it and misunderstood Jesus, you know, almost right from the beginning all along, even, even though they should have seen and understood Jesus. They interpreted everything through their traditions and through their understandings. They had a bias that, that they created that meant that they misunderstood Jesus as he came and as he taught and as he broke open God's word for the people and as he gave reconciliation back to everybody. You know, they had such a bias towards their their own ways, their own teachings, their own things that they had of, of how to read Scripture and what it meant to be, you know, a teacher in, in there that how could they not stand up and say, teacher, why aren't you rebuking your people for saying this? Why aren't you rebuking your people for saying that you are the blessed king? And Jesus clearly told them that he's not going to rebuke them. He's going to let them keep on saying this because this is part of the plan. He's communicating that, yes, he is the Messiah and he is even more than that. He is the king that's coming, the king that will make a difference. And if he can do that, he goes, even the stones will shout this out. And I, you know, I'm not going to do that. He's actually saying, you actually misunderstand my purpose. You may misunderstand what I've come to truly do in all of this. So do you see that we have misunderstandings? We can, we can see in this that are we like the crowd and seeing that we have a particular narrow vision of what God's on about. 
Or maybe we're like the Pharisees who've set down rules and regulations and ways and patterns of behaviour and we think that this is how we interpret everything. Or maybe we're like the disciples that just haven't quite grasped it yet, don't have all the knowledge and the understanding and are still grappling but following but still have misunderstandings at times when they don't just get it. Do we see that we've got times in our life when we're misunderstood, when we have misunderstandings? Are we, are we fearful of the fact that maybe we might be misunderstood? Are we fearful that our actions may be misunderstood? Let, 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 me, let me take it back into if Jesus was fearful about him being misunderstood by the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the law, by the crowds, by the government, by any, and even by his disciples. If he was fearful of that, he would have stopped. But no, he wasn't. He pushed on. He moved forward. He allowed what he was saying to continue to make revelation after revelation in people's lives. He continued to allow it to change them. And the disciples changed and they became full of power. They became full of love. They became full of hope. And that's, they came because they were resurrection people. They came because they wanted to know Jesus more. You know, we can actually remove our misunderstandings. If we have a misunderstanding with something, we can remove that. When we put aside our biases, when we put aside our, our own prejudice, our own ways, and we start to listen to the other person who actually want to hear what they're saying, we want to hear what God is saying to us through the Bible, through prayer, through revelation to us from God. We want to hear the love that Christ has for us as we journey towards the cross. So let us put aside our misunderstandings and let us be washed over by the love of God in our life found in Jesus that brings us closer and closer together day in, day out to our Lord and our Saviour. So let's just pray. Lord God, we, we come now and we, we ask for your forgiveness here. We ask that you forgive us when we come with a bias, when we come with a, an understanding that causes us to misunderstand your great love for us, that causes us to not see what you were doing in the world, but not see what Jesus has done for us. Lord, as we move, move towards the cross, as Easter becomes close, as the world thinks of, of chocolate and bunnies and you name it, of Easter shows and show bags, of hot crust buns, help us to see clearly 
what the purpose is. It's not about what we get out of this. It's about what you have given to us, Lord. You've given us reconciliation. You've given us the way to come back close into you, that relationship. Lord, we ask that we will say yes. Yes to Jesus. Yes to him being our Lord and Saviour. Yes to him controlling our lives, helping us to overcome our misunderstandings and helping us to overcome the fears that we have that hold us back. Lord, today, if we are being held back because of a fear within us that others may misunderstand us when we step up and speak up for our faith, Lord, give us the strength, give us the boldness to step out and overcome just as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the city where he was crucified with boldness, even though people misunderstood him and what his purpose was, he continued to follow you. May we do that. May we continue to follow you, God, in your directions and your purposes for our lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.